0: Well, hello, welcome back to the Bible Breakdown podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, 2 Samuel chapter 12. And if I would give this one a title, it would be, God loves us enough to tell us the truth. God loves us enough to tell us the truth. If you were with us yesterday, we talked about how even the mighty fall and David fail in his relationship with God by sinning and all these horrible things. And here's the thing, when we sin, God doesn't throw us away. Rather, he loves us enough to confront us so that we can come back close to him. And I'm so thankful that he does that. And so we're going to see the resolution to what happened. But before we do that, as always, if you like what we're doing here, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure you leave us a five-star review on the podcast. And as always please join us at the Bible Breakdown Discussion on Facebook so that we can dig into God's Word together. Already some great conversations are starting because of what we talked about yesterday, and now we're going to see the other side of it today, and I can't wait to see what God's Word is going to say to us. So if you have your Bibles, you want to open them up with me to 2 Samuel chapter 12. Just to catch you up again, yesterday we talked about how David was not where we were supposed to be. <laughs> he was supposed to be with the armies out fighting. But instead, he stayed home. And because he stayed home, he encountered temptation. He gave in to the temptation. He ended up having an affair with another man's wife. She gets pregnant. And then instead of fessing up to it and just trying to make amends, he tries to trick the, father, or the, the husband to come back and to have sex with his wife. And then he could say, ah, could be his. Well, that doesn't work. So he has the guy killed so then he can marry the lady. Just one mistake after another, complete total dumpster fire. Well, now look what happens. What I love about God is he loves us enough to try to heal every broken place in our life. And there's multiple stages of healing. You know what God wants to do is he wants to restore relationships. He wants to bring right relationships between us and him. But before he can do any of that, he's got to bring forgiveness to our sin. And before he can do that, he has to expose it for the sin that it is. So all of this great stuff that God wants to do, he can't do all that stuff until he exposes the sin for what it is. So God loves us enough to tell us the truth. And so we're going to see how that works out in David's life. And he does it, God does it through a prophet named Nathan. Nathan had a lot of courage to do what he's going to do today. And I'm telling you, you know, this guy didn't mess around because he had enough guts and enough love for David to tell him the truth. So let's see what God's word has to say. And I wonder how you would respond if someone did this to you. So let's look at this. Second Samuel chapter 12, verse one says this. So the Lord sent Nathan the prophet to tell David this story. There were two men in a certain town. One was rich and one was poor. The rich man owned a great many sheep and cattle. The poor man owned nothing but one little lamb that he had bought. He raised that little lamb and it grew up with his children. It ate from the man's own plate and drank from his cup. That's gross. He cuddled it in his arms like a baby daughter. One day, a guest arrived at the home of the rich man. But... Instead of killing an animal from his own flock or herd, he took the poor man's lamb and killed it and prepared it for his guests. David was furious. As surely as the Lord lives, he vowed any man who would do such a thing deserves to die. He must repay four lambs to the poor man for the one he stole and have no pity. Then Nathan said to David, you are that man. Ouch. <laughs> You're right, David. Turns out that's you. So let's see what he says. You are that man. The Lord, the God of Israel says, I anointed you king of Israel and saved you from the power of Saul. I gave you your master's house and his wives and the kingdoms of Israel and Judah. And if that had not been enough, I would have given you as much and much more. Why then have you despised the word of the Lord and done this horrible deed? For you have murmured, or murdered Uriah the Hittite with the sword of the Ammonites and stolen his wife. From this time on, your family will live by the sword because you have despised me by taking Uriah's wife to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Because you have what you have done, I will cause your own household to rebel against you. I will give your wives to another man before your very eyes. And he will go to bed with them in public view. You did this in secret, but I will make you an open. Or I will make this happen to you openly in the sight of all Israel. Pause. Did you notice something that he just said? He said, "You have sinned against me." Do you realize every time we sin, we sin sometimes against others, we sin against ourselves, but primarily in God's eyes, He sees it as breaking a covenant promise between us and him. That's why so many times when I hear people say, well, you know what, I've given my life to Christ. All my sins, past, present, and future have been washed away by the blood of Jesus. So now I can do whatever I want. And that grieves my heart because it helps me to see that we don't really have a proper view of how God views sin. God doesn't view sin as primarily a problem between me and my neighbor. He he sees sin as a transgression or as a fault between me and him. And so if I, let's say I lie to my neighbor, the Bible says, do not bear false witness. So if I lie to my neighbor, that is a sin in my life. It is a sin against my neighbor, but primarily it is a sin against God. And that's why even though your sins have been washed away, we want to walk away from that sin because it's a broken place God wants to heal. Also, every time we sin, we break the heart of God. And that's what god is telling david yes you sinned against Bathsheba. you sinned against uriah we could even say you sinned against the ammonites because you got them to do your dirty work but do you know who you sinned against first you sinned against me look at what i've given you i've given you so much and i have so many more great ideas for you and the way you repaid me was to break my heart wow that's a whole different way of looking at sin when we think of it that way well, let's see how David responds when he hears this. Verse 13. Then David confessed to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, yes, but the Lord has forgiven you and you won't die for this sin. Nevertheless, because you have showed utter contempt for the word of the Lord by doing this, your child will die. After Nathan returned to his home, the Lord sent a deadly illness to the child of David and Uriah's wife. David begged God to spare the child, and he went without food and lay all night on the bare ground. The elders of the house, household pleaded with him to get up and to eat something, but he refused. Then, on the seventh day, the child died. David's advisors were afraid to tell him. He wouldn't listen to reason while the child was ill, they said. What drastic thing will he do now that we tell him that his child is dead? But when David saw them whispering, he realized what had happened. Is the child dead? He asked. Yes, they replied, he is dead. Then David got up from the ground, washed himself and put on the lotions and then changed his clothes. He went to the tabernacle and he worshiped the Lord. After that, he returned to the palace and was served food and ate. His advisors were amazed. Wait a minute. We don't understand you, they said. While the child was still living, you wept and refused to eat. But now that the child is dead, you have stopped your mourning and are eating again. David replied, I fasted and wept while the child was alive, for I said, Perhaps the Lord will be gracious to me and let the child live. But why should I fast now that he is dead? Can I bring him back again? No, I will, though, go to him one day, but he cannot return to me. Then David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and slept with her. And she became pregnant and gave birth to a son, and David named him Solomon. The Lord loved the child and sent word through Nathan the prophet that they should name him Jedidiah, which means the beloved of the Lord as the Lord had commanded. Well, before we go to the next thing, let's think about this for a moment. There were two kings that did not obey the word of the Lord. Saul did not obey the word of the Lord. David did not obey the word of the Lord. But if you notice, there were two big differences between Saul and David. When Saul did not obey the word of the Lord, the kingdom was ripped from him. The anointing of God was ripped from him. When David did not obey the word of the Lord, he was actually given the opportunity to repent and restore. What was the difference? His heart before the Lord. When David did wrong, he said, I have sinned. I repent of my sin. And he returned to the Lord. When Saul sinned, he had excuses. He came and he said, well, this person's fault or it's that person's fault. And only when he was just confronted again and again did he finally say, okay, yeah, maybe I didn't get that right. So your heart posture before the Lord truly matters. And I think that's an important point that we're gonna make sure that we don't forget about when we read this. Let's finish this chapter and then we're gonna have our takeaways and we're gonna pray together. Verse 26, meanwhile, Joab was fighting against Rabbah, the capital of Ammon, and he captured the royal fortifications. Joab sent messengers to David. I have fought against Rabbah and captured its water supply. Now bring the rest of the army and capture the city. Otherwise, I will capture it and get the credit for the victory. So David gathered the rest of the army and went to Rabbah, and he fought against it and captured it. David removed the crown from the king's head, and it was placed on his own head. The crown was made of gold and set with gems, and it weighed 75 pounds. That's a really heavy crown, by the way. David took a vast amount of plunder from that city. He also made slaves of the people of Rabbah and forced them into labor with saws, iron picks, iron axes, and to work with brick kilns. That is how he dealt with the people of all the Ammonite towns. Then David and all of the army returned to Jerusalem. So what can we do with this chapter? There's so much going on here. I think there's three takeaways that we can take and we're going to pray together. First of all, David repented. The difference between Saul and David was their heart posture. Both of them were confronted with sin. Saul was confronted by Samuel. David was confronted by Nathan. The difference is, is when they were confronted, one gave excuses, the other repented. Can I tell you that in life, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to sin. We are going to separate ourselves from fellowship with God. What you do with that matters. If you just say, well, it wasn't my fault. I was put in a horrible position. It was their fault. They made me do it. Whatever. That's not going to work. Instead, even if you've got your good excuses, you come before the Lord God, I am sorry. I repent. I want to turn and walk the other way. That's what repentance looks like. And that's all that God wants. He, he wants repentance because He wants to restore relationship. Number two is I love how David said, You know, while my son was alive, I prayed to see what God would do. But now that he is gone, He rejoiced, because he knows that he was in a better place, that he was in heaven with God. And he's like, I can't bring him back here, but I can live in such a way that I can go see him one day there. That's how we process grief when it comes. Grief because of who knows why. But at the end of the day, even if it wasn't what I wanted, it wasn't what I hoped God would do, I trust the Lord, and I want to live in a way that I can honor God. And then number three is to realize That just because sin and all that's going on in your life doesn't stop life from moving forward. David's dealing with all this stuff. And while all of this happens, Joab sends him a message and says, Hey, I need you to come over here. I got stuff going on. And that reminds us, just because you're having a bad day doesn't mean the world stops. So you got to trust the Lord and move forward because there's always a new day. But with that new day becomes a new mercy. The Bible says this, I call this to mind, therefore I have hope. The love of the Lord endures forever. His mercies never cease. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. That's Lamentations chapter three. If you have sinned, you know what God wants? He wants repentance so he can restore you. So then he can restore your confidence and so you can move forward with him. God didn't stop loving David. He had to come back to him, and then he was able to see the goodness of God still in his life, and that's God's hope for me and for you. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you, God, that you're with us and you're for us. My prayer, God, is that you would have your way in our life. Help us to see you as you are, to love you, and to know you more every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, don't forget, God's word says in 2 Samuel chapter 7, your house and your kingdom shall endure before me forever. That's what God wants for us as he qualifies the called and he wants us to have a relationship with him throughout eternity. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow for 2nd Samuel chapter